This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 15 today. I'm reading from the World English Bible. Some men came down from Judea and taught the brothers, unless you are circumcised after the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small discord and discussion with them, they appointed Paul and Barnabas and some others of them to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So we have one of the first doctrinal disputes here. And instead of everybody just dividing into their own denomination and doing whatever they wanted to do, they tried to reach a unified resolution. And so they took it to the leaders. Uh, they took it to other ministers so that they could discuss. They discussed among themselves. And then they decided to go back up to Jerusalem. Uh, and this was more than just taking it to the ministry, but even to the apostles themselves who had been with the Lord. And so there's a pattern here that we can follow after. Certainly we we want to be sure that there we study the scripture individually, but also there's a mutual accountability and wisdom that comes from counsel to seek other ministers, other men of God, other sincere-hearted people who have given their lives to try to advance the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, but we we have beyond just the ministry or the body of Christ, uh, we can do similar to what they did here when they first discussed among themselves and couldn't reach a resolution. They went back to Jerusalem where the apostles were. And while we can't physically be in the presence of the apostles and have them answer answer our questions, we do have many of the teachings and the practices of the apostles recorded in the scripture. And so it's to our advantage to go back and follow the pattern of the apostles. Verse 3, they being sent on their way by the assembly passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. They caused great joy to all the brothers. When they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the assembly and the apostles and the elders, and they reported everything that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to see about this matter. When there had been much discussion, Peter rose up and said to them, Brothers, you know that a good while ago God made a choice among you that by my mouth the nation should hear the word of the good news and believe. God, who knows the heart, testified about them, giving them the Holy Ghost just like he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you tempt God that you should put a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as they are. All the multitude kept silence, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul reporting what signs and wonders God had done among the nations through them. After they were silent, James answered, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has reported how God first visited the nations to take out of them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets. As it is written, after these things I will return. I will again build the tabernacle of David which has fallen. I will again build its ruins. I will set it up that the rest of men may seek after the Lord. All the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things." 
All of God's works are known to him from eternity. Therefore, my judgment is that we don't trouble those from among the Gentiles who turn to God, but that we write to them that they abstain from the pollution of idols, from sexual immorality, from what is strangled, and from blood. For Moses, from generations of old, has in every city those who preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. And so the the basic controversy here, the basic question was, did the Gentiles need to assimilate? Did they need to take on the Jewish lifestyle? Did they need to keep the law of Moses? Did they need to um, be circumcised like the Jews were uh, as babies now that Gentiles were converting? Did they need to take on the full... Uh, the full requirements of the law were they bound by God's covenant to the Jewish people and so Peter stated that they weren't because God affirmed the Gentiles when they and notice the proof he uses when they received the spirit the same way that the apostles and the Jewish believers had and this was God testifying of the Gentiles I would want God to testify of me today, and so I want to be sure that I received the Spirit in the same manner as they did. And you can read about that in Acts 2 or go back and listen to our podcast on that. Um, and so Peter concluded that we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and not by the law of Moses. Then Paul and Barnabas testified, and they began to tell of all the things that God was doing among the uncircumcised Gentiles, people that didn't have the law, that weren't living according to the Jewish commandments. And then James reminded them that the prophecy of the prophecy in Amos, that the Gentiles were also going to worship the Lord, just as the Jews did. And so they didn't need to become Jews. The Gentiles were going to worship. So he concluded that they shouldn't trouble or burden the Gentiles with the requirements of the law that weren't intended for the Gentiles. And then James gave some practical application to this truth. He said that the Gentiles, since the law of Moses was preached everywhere, there were some things that were common knowledge and certainly some things that would be offensive to the Jews or to the proselytes. And so he said that they needed to avoid meat offered to idols, avoid strangled uh, things that were strangled and not to consume blood. So some dietary laws. And then he also gave a, a moral commandment when he said to avoid sexual immorality. So they gave them, again, these are new converts. And so they just gave them some, some basic principles by which they could have, uh, they could resolve some of the, the conflict that they were experiencing. So the, the Gentiles were to follow these basic commandments and certainly they still needed to obey the other godly requirements of not lying and not stealing and things that men's conscience would tell them was wrong to do. But then there were some additional things that a Gentile possibly wouldn't even consider to be right or wrong. Um, but now James is asking them to not to partake of those items as well. Verse 22, then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole assembly to choose men out of their company and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, chief men among the brothers. They wrote these things by their hand, the apostles, the elders and the brothers to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria and Cilicia. Greetings. 
Because we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no commandment, it seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose out men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who themselves will also tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these necessary things, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality, from which if you keep yourselves, it will be well with you. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. Having gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over the encouragement. Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers with many words and strengthened them. After they had spent some time there, they were dismissed in peace from the brothers to the apostles. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So, again, when there was a resolution, or, or there was, they were trying to seek a resolution and then to express that to people. And they, they, they were wise in the way that they approached it. They sent, they didn't send novices. They sent men of reputation, men that had risked their lives. And they sent them to try to bring peace to this matter. They didn't uh, cast out the people who disagreed. In fact, they called them believers. Maybe you didn't notice that when we read earlier, but these were believers. These were men that were respected, but whenever they began to discuss this, the apostles and the leaders and the men of the most esteemed teachers and prophets um, began to say, well, these men, they, they weren't commanded to do this and they made a mistake. They made an error. And so they had to rectify that. They didn't ignore it like people do sometimes now. Um, they didn't vilify the men that were wrong either. They just corrected it. And they the way they worded their correction as they said we were able to come in one accord on this. It seemed good to the spirit and to us. And so we see that there was the agreement among um, godly leadership. There was the voice of the Spirit leading them. And even if you consider their discussion, it was based on James, for example, quoting from the prophet. It was based on what the scripture said. And then Paul and Barnabas and Peter expressed how it had been confirmed by their experiences. And so we've got experience, we've got scripture, we've got the leadership, uh, and then of course the voice of the Spirit. And so they felt very confident that they had heard from God. They didn't just rush to make a decree. Verse 36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let's return now and visit our brothers in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord to see how they are doing. Barnabas planned to take John, who was called Mark, with them also. But Paul didn't think that it was a good idea to take with them someone who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and didn't go with them to do the work. Then the contention grew so sharp that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and went out, being commended by the brothers to the grace of God. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the assemblies. And so this great missionary team that's worked so well together splits. There's a disagreement. 
And sometimes that happens in the work of God. Um, and the disagreement was based on what to do with John Mark. John Mark, if you'll remember, had begun with them on the last missionary journey and then had turned back and hadn't finished the journey. And so Paul didn't want to take him again. Um, John Mark, it was Barnabas's cousin. He was a family member. So maybe that's why Barnabas was so partial. Or maybe we've seen the character of Barnabas. He was the one who had vouched for Paul whenever the other disciples were... Um, hesitant to receive him. And he was the son of encouragement. He was an encourager. And so it it seems to fit with his character. Let's give John Mark another chance. And Paul said, absolutely not. And so they ended up splitting. And so now we had twice the missionary team that we would have had. And so maybe the Lord was using that for the benefit. Uh, He can take even what the enemy intends for bad and use it for good. Maybe this disagreement, God used it to help and expedite the spread of the gospel. What I I like about this, I don't like to think because we seem to, we we lionize these great heroes. And so uh, you hate to think of them having disagreements with one another. Um, But it's just the truth when you have people involved. There's always going to be differences of opinion. But what I like is... um, how it comes to a resolution. Because John Mark's failure wasn't the end of his ministry. He became an associate of Peter. So he goes on this journey with Barnabas and does missionary work again. Then he partners with Peter. In fact, he becomes so close that Peter, in one of his epistles, described uh, John Mark as being like a son to him. And uh, history tells us that John Mark is also the author of the Gospel of Mark. And then later we find that he's reunited and restored to Paul. Paul would write about him on a few occasions. And in one, Paul called him his fellow worker that provided comfort to him. So it isn't as if there was a deep divide and there was never any reconciliation. They just disagreed and went their different ways. But eventually they all came back together and worked for the glory of God. So we're going to pray. This is concludes this chapter. And we want to pray that the Lord would help us to function like a healthy body. Um, we had each of these scenarios had the potential to divide the church. But um, what they had been entrusted with was too precious to allow small disagreements to separate them. And so together they were able to seek the will of God. Let's pray that the Lord would lead us into all truth in our day, in our churches today. Lord, we pray for your guiding hand. This is your church. It's been purchased by your blood. We know that the church is precious to you. We ask that you would lead us into all truth, that you would give us wisdom, that we would be peacemakers and seek reconciliation, that we would stand for the truth, but that we wouldn't be divisive, that we wouldn't uh, be unnecessary divisive, that we wouldn't be arrogant or stubborn, but that we would seek your will and do our best to build your kingdom. We pray this in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.